Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On The Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Uh, Mr. Joe McGranahan is the mayor of Shamokin Dam in charge of volcanic response for the Pennsylvania Emergency Management Agency Communications no, Committee. I, I'm not. Of, the, of course not. And <laughs> There is what? no volcanic response agency. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You can deny it all you want anyway. So, okay, Hunter. No problem. And let's see. We have Mr. Rob Centers, our fabulous producer. So we always appreciate his help and hard work, and I'm Mark Lawrence, subpar host of the show, so um, very glad to see you on the radio as the show progresses. We'll be talking to Kendra Auker, President and CEO of Evangelical Community Hospital, but I can go ahead and introduce our key information on the Mark sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company. You can check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line open. Call us 1-800-795-9565, or we'll be after our interview anyway. Uh, if at any point you wish to email us, you can can do so at on the mark at wkok.com and you can text us at 70236 uh, which two individuals have done and they look like cryptic messages but if you precede this which was the news that followed yesterday uh, what happened is uh, we sent out a text connect message that said governor tom wolf has covid-19 uh, to that uh, one of our good listeners replied who cares? <laughs> okay. And then another one said, karma wins again, which that's that's not really karma. <laughs> karma is something that happens to yourself because of... What happened to him? Uh, uh, well, I, I don't think he's mean-spirited and then got sick, so I don't think karma was the issue. So anyway, but that's just Lawrence's worthless <laughs> observation. All right. Uh, we, the operative word being worthless. Right. Thank you. All right. On the market is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. Uh, we have asked for and received an opportunity to talk to Kendra Auker. So good morning, Kendra. Thanks for calling in today. Morning, Kendra. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. How are you both? Hang in there. How are you? I'm okay. Okay. One of our good, lis- <laughs> one of our good listeners violated HIPAA and, and uh, uh, sent us a note on Facebook. And uh, so we just wanted to check and see how you're, you're doing. So, okay. So we got that out of the way. Um, really, well, thank you so much for calling on. I really do appreciate it. And uh, I, I just think there is this uh, life or death drama that's happening behind the scenes at hospitals and at EVAN and uh, in the ICUs and uh, with the machines and all of this. I, I, I really would appreciate it if you could start to paint that picture at Evangelical Community Hospital for us. Sure. So um, we are obviously experiencing what most hospitals are and seeing a, an ever-increasing number of COVID patients. We've continued to ramp up the number of COVID beds we have. We have about 47 COVID beds right now, and we are continuing to be maxed. Today we have 45 patients um, in those beds. So as we discharge, we just keep uh, adding individuals. We do 
testing. Um, we are looking at another wave of, if we see an increase, having to add a few more uh, beds. But eventually, from a staffing perspective, you reach a limit on the amount of um, beds that you, you can have. It did help us when we opened up Prime because we added negative pressure rooms during the construction, so we have many more isolation rooms available to patients. But um, it is a, an extremely um, busy time. You know, our ICU is full. We had to open another ICU for non-COVID patients, so that really uh, stresses the staff, and it's all hands on deck. You know, we've shuttered down some of our elective uh, surgical cases in order to to redeploy staff to other areas. We are testing at incredible rates daily. Um, you know, we're doing more than 300 every day out in the public, which, you know, used to be pushing 100 was, was a high day, and we're now repeatedly in the 300 to 350 range daily. So we are seeing incredible amount of sick individuals. Well, Kendra, yesterday the governor announced that he had COVID-19. Now, here's a guy who presumably was doing everything he was asking the rest of us to do in order to keep safe, and yet he got it. Does that concern you? I mean, is it, is it possible that we just can't control this? Um, I think that it's um, it's a challenge. I mean, it's like any virus. You can get your flu vaccine and, and still get the flu. You can go out and about and follow all the rules, and um, you, you can get the virus and not know where you picked it up. So I think that it's... Um, you know, eventually it's going to happen. I mean, it's it's at a point now where I would say that I think, you know, it's no longer, the front line is no longer uh, healthcare workers. We're just there taking care of the damages. It's, it's now, um, it's the front line is the community and how the community manages it. And I don't think we're at a spot where we're going to, you know, be able to stop it. We could certainly by masking and keeping, you know, distances from people and not getting together in groups minimize it, but we're probably past the point of return when it comes to how quickly it can spread. Well, the vaccines are supposedly coming out maybe as early as this week. Uh, is Evan online to get some of those? And if so, what would your distribution plan be? Sure. We're in the middle of that right now. I mean, it's a, a challenge. You you know it's coming. Obviously, the approval hasn't come through yet, but if everything goes through the way they're anticipating at the end of the week, over the weekend, we should start to see vaccine next week. Uh, we've followed all the proper processes and everything to secure that, and we're getting ready internally to announce our plans of how we're going to unroll it uh, out to frontline staff. So, um, you know, you have so many days in which to get that vaccine rolled out before you can get your, your next rounds of it. So that's what we'll be doing. So it is a, a positive step to be taking. Is Evan going to have vaccine for the public at some point? We hope. Um, you know, that is the plan. Once you get your vaccine and get it distributed to um, your, your frontline workers and, and your medical staff and all of that, then you begin to roll it out according to the plans that they are going to be releasing to us on, on who gets it, you know, um, long-term care facilities, those types of places, and eventually you roll it out to the public. So we intend to be doing our part to get the vaccine disseminated. How has your staff fared during all this? Many COVID cases among the staff? Right now, um, we have 35 employees with COVID. We have 11 that are waiting for test results. So we have seen um, an increase in the spread, but um, it 
is what you would expect. It, it's spreading everywhere. So we fortunately have been able to manage it. People are off and come back. So um, we're doing our best to manage it, but we have been impacted by COVID. Well, tell me about your supplies and staffing and space and uh, give us uh, some of the numbers, any shortages, things along those lines. No, we seem to be, um, you know, have done pretty well. Obviously, after last spring and then the lull over the summer, we spent a lot of time um, working our supply chain and um, securing the PPE that we needed to build up our reserves and be well positioned. And so at this point, we feel pretty good about, about where we are. And, you know, we obviously try to be stewards of those resources and utilize them appropriately. So right now, we're feeling pretty good about where we are from the PPE perspective. Right, so you have sufficient supplies, and in terms of staffing, your folks are holding up okay? Yeah, we're holding up. I mean, I think, you know, what you what you realize is in the hospital, you have many people, many, uh, for example, nurses who um, leave bedside care and go into more management roles, go into, you know, utilization review and care coordination type roles. And so you end up in a time like this pulling people back to the bedside. And so it is through those kinds of deployments that we do it. We also have other individuals in the organization we've trained to clean rooms, and they've been going through their training to help us with housekeeping and we deploy people um, you know to different parts of the facility um, to make sure that we're giving people time off and that we are managing when someone gets sick and that we are able to kind of maintain um, you know the appropriate staff we need to safely care for the community. Given the isolation that so many people are enduring right now are you seeing any kind of uptick in mental health issues coming into the hospital? Yeah, definitely that is a challenge. Um, we've seen it over the last six, eight months, and it's, um, you know, going into the winter, it's something we hold our breath about, but there's definitely been an increase. We have daily almost mental health holds where we're trying to help get patients placed uh, in facilities where, where they can get care. Uh, many of the challenges that we have as a hospital right now in general is once we have a patient, whether they have COVID or not, it's getting them out of hospital nursing home placement is challenging. You have um, the need for people to be put on oxygen and the durable medical equipment companies, you know, are delayed. Those home health organizations have challenges with sick staff, you know, so oftentimes some of our greatest challenges in freeing up beds is getting uh, patients transferred to other organizations for the appropriate level of care. So it is other one of the other challenges right now during COVID. Of course, there's been an ongoing debate about whether kids should be learning remotely right now or whether they should be in class. Some studies have shown that um, remote education is not doing very well with young people, and other studies have showed that uh, kids need to be among their peers. But are you seeing many pediatric cases of, of the flu, or are you seeing any other illnesses associated with kids that would make you believe they they should be doing remote learning rather than in person? Boy, I, I would not want to speculate um, on that at all. We, we have not had a, a rash of, of kids sick uh, in the hospital right now. I mean, it is the time of year that there's all kinds of viral issues taking place, but I, I don't see, see anything uh, out of the ordinary right now that I could like that one way or the other. I think those kinds of decisions are extraordinarily challenging to make. Um, 
Can you? I'm thankful every day that I don't have young children at this point because I, I feel for people. Right. Well, your dad was a great teacher, and I'm sure he would have been struggling <laughs> with this, too. Oh, I'm sure, especially because he was a science guy, too. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Tell us about what a patient would experience at uh, Eve and what, what kind of specialties are you still doing there and what have uh, had to be curtailed or changed and uh, what a patient would experience there. Sure. Well, I think we're pretty much doing everything that we usually do. We have scaled back on some procedures that involve, um, that are elective surgeries that involve hospital stays, uh, you know, after you have the surgery, not the in and out type stuff. That's some of what we've curtailed, and that's mostly due to staffing and needing to redeploy uh, staff in, in other areas. But, but as a patient, I mean, if you have a need, you should feel comfortable come. The, the hospital really has never been safer. Things are, are so locked down. I would say the number one thing that you would notice that's different is it's probably a little bit lonely. Um, you don't, you're not allowed to have guests and, um, you know, whether you have COVID or not, there's just not people roaming around. So your, your interactions are pretty much with um, your care team and, you know, you should feel safe um, about getting the care. You should not hold off on getting that care. But once you're in there, it's really just us interacting with and there really are no other visitors. Um, we certainly use technology to try to allow family members to communicate with you and, you know, get you on an iPad and, and talking to people and, and the care team certainly talk to family and, and friends throughout as questions come up, but you're just not able to see individuals in the hospital. That's really the main difference. Out of curiosity, what is the average length of stay for someone admitted with COVID at Evan? Well, it kind of um, varies a little bit. If you come in and you are struggling with oxygen-related issues and you don't need the ICU, you need a dose of remdesivir, um, you know, and, and that's a five-day thing, you might be in five to eight days. But individuals with um, severe COVID and people um, in the ICU and in the step-down areas really, really struggling can be in for three, four weeks or more. Do the insurance companies cause any kind of problem from the financing end of this? You know, are they pushing to get people out the door, or are they willing to accept the fact that it may take five to eight days to get someone back on their feet? Yes, they're they're willing to. Um, they trust the medical care process, and we have not had any uh, any issues like that. Speaking of... are extraordinary. I mean, it is just a... It's so different from individual to individual how they respond to the virus. You know, so... We have not had those uh, any kinds of issues, and to be honest with you, we don't spend much time worrying about them. We just need to take care of people. Well, Joe mentioned the word pushing people out the door, and you sent us photographs months ago of pushing one of the good COVID patients out the door with a fabulous discharge. Tell us about the discharge. Here we always focus on folks in the ICUs and ventilators and uh, tragically those who pass away because of this, but uh, I would imagine by now you've done dozens and dozens of uh, good discharges. Sure. I, I was just looking at the numbers this morning. Since this started in the spring, and obviously it's been accelerated in the last, you know, two, three months, but we've discharged 282 people from our facility who recovered from COVID. 
Wow. Okay, so, so 200. Did you have a little ceremony so for each of them? <laughs> <laughs> well, eventually that sort of uh, settled down a little bit, but we do internally. Um, you know, when people leave, we do, do some internal recognition of those people because it is quite a day to accomplish the fact that you got got COVID and recovered and out the door. So, But, you know, you, you do um, see that more than, than is often talked about, is that we do see a lot of people do well and recover and go. We've had 31 COVID deaths since um, this test started. What about contact tracing, Kendra? Are you getting a lot of referrals or people coming in after someone has been able to identify who it was they were in contact with? The contact tracing has been pretty much handled through the state. We are not doing uh, contact tracing. And my understanding is, is that the state is overwhelmed with the, the sheer volumes of it and the people you know, really aren't being contacted uh, consistently. It's just such a huge, huge process. So Evan does not do any contact tracing. We've asked you to give us uh, what you see when you're in the hospital in terms of the staffing and space and supplies and so on and the, the, the unfolding situation. I'm going to ask you what you saw when you saw House member David Rowe on his uh, famous 5.01 p.m. beverage post. Uh, tell me what you saw when you looked at that. Well, I was coming off of a week of Thanksgiving where I had spent the week rounding on employees. and. You know, I was watching people have breakdowns on the job and crying and, you know, overwhelmed and, um, you know, not seeing their children and, you know, working extra shifts and it's overwhelming and it's exhausting. I mean, to wear an N95 all day long and a face shield and be on your feet for 12 hours and be with people as they're dying. And it's a very, very hard thing. And when I came home that evening, and it was actually on your Facebook page, Mark, that I saw it, you know, it seemed kind of demoralizing to me as a healthcare worker in in knowing what I see with my staff. And it, it just felt like I, um, while there was nothing wrong that was being done, so to speak, from a, from a legal perspective. It was just sort of that notion of touting, you know, I'm going to go out and, you know, go out and have my drink and exercise my rights. And um, I personally am going to follow the science and people congregate without masks. And it just smacked of that to me. And that's what I saw the day that I saw that. I, you know, want to be clear in that Mr. Rao has always been supportive of the hospital. I have no, um, you know, concerns about his interest in in stopping, um, you know, and, and, and helping us get through this. But um, I guess I would say to you that I read some of the comments and I see this sort of um, feeling of, you know, liking to be the patriot, liking to be the defender of, of civil liberties. And I can certainly get behind that, but I feel as a representative. It is his job to make sure that those civil liberties of everyone are protected and ex executed responsibly. And it just did not feel responsible to me. And I'm in charge of the second largest workforce in Union County. I'm asked by the head of the ER, the head of the medical director of the hospitalist group, the medical director of critical care, to get county officials and state officials to understand the urgency with which we're functioning and the, and the science behind it. And so I want him to be an example of how to execute those liberties responsibly. And it just didn't come across that way. And it was the end of a week of Thanksgiving where people were just 
buried. And it, it just, um, that's how I reacted to it. And have you spoken to David Rowe yet? No, I have not. Okay. Billy Allred, another I individual, oops, another outspoken yeah. individual locally. Billy Allred, uh, very concerned about your remarks as being too political or that you dabble in politics uh, sort of when it suits you kind of thing. Your response to that, this idea that, uh, you know, uh, commenting on public policy and government statements and so on is may or may not uh, sit well with him. Um. You know, uh, this for me, I've said it all along, it isn't a political matter. I'm in charge of a community hospital during a pandemic. It's it's about the science. And Mr. Alred will make comments all the time about the fact that I'm not a physician, um, not an epidemiologist, nor do I pretend to be. But I stand side by side with my medical staff. It is my job to speak on their behalf for what they're asking for, and they want the public to follow the science. And so it's not... It's not political, and um, I find that um, some of the comments that are made seem to kind of go against what I sort of stand for in that they're just personal attacks. And Mr. Alred wants to hear what he wants to hear, and he simply will um, present, you know, inflammatory personal attack information um, if you don't tell him what he wants to hear. And so I'm not going to apologize for having the back of my workforce and for candidly doing what I think is right for the community. And that's to make sure we get control of this so that we as an organization can take appropriate appropriate care of you. So uh, I will not ever respond to Mr. Allred. I don't, I don't respond to bullies. Well, I, I realize you're in a difficult position right now with trying to balance community health and the staff needs you have and everything else. So let me ask you this. Is there any question we should have asked you or something you really want to put out there that, that we failed to ask? Um, no, I always feel like the local press does an excellent job in, in asking me questions, and that's who, that's who I respond to. I think that when you sit in the seat that I do, you see the reality of the situation. You know, you see the emotions of the people, the staff, but you see what this does to families and that it's real. Um, you know, you asked me candidly about the supply chain and I said everything is fine. The greatest challenges we've had, and this is probably an awful thing to say, but it's the reality of it, is securing body bags. And, you know, my office looks out on the morgue trailer, and I get to see every day how many people are being taken out into that, that morgue trailer. You know, this is a public health issue. This is no different than smallpox vaccine, where you're asked to wear masks and to stay home. It's, it's been in the history of our country, of the world. And, you know, it's nothing new, asking people to wear a mask and um, that's the way that I see it is you, you follow the science and it's the basis of it and we, we may be so far far past it but I think when you live in it and you work in it and you're day to day seeing the toll that it's taking uh, on the workforce but on the, on the greater community we just have to wake up to it and those individuals can put aside those differences and try to do the right thing for our community and um, I'll always be vocal about it, but it's it's not a political issue for me. It really is not. Well, Kendra, keep up the great work you and the staff at Evan are doing. We we appreciate having you in the community and the seriousness with which you view this and the the gravity with which you're approaching it. Thank you so much. 
Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to, to catch up with you. I do. Thank you. Kendra Alker, President and CEO of Evangelical Community Hospital. We'll surely talk again. Thank you, Kendra. Thank you, Kendra. Kendra Thanks Alker a lot, Mark. on the news line now on WDKOK's On the Mark program. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with a few additional comments before the top of the hour. This year, don't just cope with winter, command it. It's the Command the Season sales event at Sunbury Motors Kia. This holiday season, Sunbury Motors Kia has the deals on the new lineup of cars and SUVs built to help you take on winter during Kia's holiday sales event. Sunbury Motors Kia has the 2021 Kia Sportage with rebates and discounts up to $45.58 off. And there's 29 in stock. There's 13 of the 2021 Kia Forte available. The Forte gets 41 MPG. That starts at $18,497. Plus, SMC has the all-new redesigned 2021 Kia Serrano arriving weekly. 14 or do this month and next. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. It's the Command the Season sales event at Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Restrictions apply. Financing through KMF. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. See dealer for details or go to Kia.com. All right, welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. We have a text message pending. Trouble is, our machine is only sending us fragments, so uh, we didn't get. We have a question for Kendra Auker, so we'll pass that along via email. But uh, we didn't. Uh, we got an answer. The, yeah, we didn't get a sufficient amount the of it. The question they asked was, uh, if I can get, get, glean it from what's here, is whether or not they have hazmat disposable containers for all the used masks people. Uh, discard at the end of the day, it. right? Yeah, good so. question. Well, plus all that PPE, a lot of that is what one happens to that one-time yeah. use. Uh, N95 masks. I know you can reuse those, and there was that good innovative local company that came up with uh, cleaners that would oh, clean yeah? an N95 okay. mask. And uh, some of them they reuse after they dry out. I mean, not to be gross about it or anything, but they say after a while the virus becomes inert, assuming you had it in the first place, and they can just keep using them after they're. Uh, baked for a short time so all right so yeah if you have observations questions or anything you want to add uh, to the remarks of Kendra Rocker feel free to call us during the 9 a.m. hour at 9 o'clock sharp we'll have CBS News then 906 some local news headlines we launch into open phones Joe is enjoying a tremendous amount in sh- of schadenfreude today thanks to Hunter Biden being investigated and Facebook uh, being sued so this is a great day in the McGranahan House. It is. We're celebrating. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> celebrating. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WDK OK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence, subpar host of the show. Beats working. Glad to be here. Mr. Joe's across from me. He gets a stipend for every day he comes in, so he's highly paid as far as I'm concerned. And Rob Center, he could never be paid enough. He's invaluable, priceless, we like to call him around here. So and I could be paid enough, is that right? Right. There, oh, there's a P, there's a cap. <laughs> you have a salary cap. It's low. On the Mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check 
check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line now open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can talk about Joe's favorite topic. That, that is his least favorite entities in the world, getting in hot water. Facebook and Hunter Biden. It was a bonus day for Joe yesterday, so he's uh, he can remark about those. Uh, you can talk about the just tremendous comments uh, from uh, Kendra Auker, this idea of, uh, I just think it's a real battle that's going on behind the scenes uh, that we don't get to see much, and so we're very glad that she uh, gave us some of those insights, and we look forward to hearing more uh, from her. But you can comment about that, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. A fire hit a home in Penn Township, Snyder County, Wednesday evening. Central Susquehanna Regional 911 tells us no one was hurt. That fire reported on Crotzer Road. A dozen uh, volunteer fire companies responded there. Snyder County Commissioners tell us that uh, because of the pandemic, they're closing the courthouse to the public except for uh, central participants in court proceedings, which means you can conduct business with the courthouse once again, as we did earlier this year, uh, via telephone, telephonically, uh, U.S. postally, and emailically. If you wish to contact the Snyder County uh, Courthouse, uh, call 837-4207 to get your interaction started there. In case you didn't hear yesterday, Governor Tom Wolf says he's enjoying no symptoms and is feeling well with COVID-19. The First Lady's also being tested. The governor says he's continuing to serve the Commonwealth. A number of individuals on his security team had COVID-19. That may be how he got it. Over 200 new statewide COVID-19 deaths reported yesterday. Not record numbers of cases, just record numbers of deaths, including a dozen COVID-19 deaths around here. Geisinger's uh, got a new record for their Danville COVID unit. 114 patients on board. Geisinger Shimokin has 14 and even hospital has 46 uh, souls on board in their uh, COVID unit. President-elect Joe Biden's son Hunter says he is facing federal investigation these days. CBS News has learned that law enforcement didn't actively pursue the case in the weeks leading up to November 3rd, keeping with Justice Department policy of mostly freezing politically sensitive cases leading up to Election Day. But now clearly the case is active again. And Facebook in hot water. For you and me, nothing really changes as a result of this lawsuit right now. And for Facebook, this all means an extremely large legal bill. But this could change the way the Internet thinks about itself. And that is CNET's editor-at-large, Ian Schur, talking about the Federal Trade Commission in 48 states and districts suing to break up a Facebook once and for all. And finally, we have the solution. This is from CBS News. New York Attorney General uh, Letitia James is predicting President Trump will step down from office so Vice President Mike Pence can pardon him. That's how that's going to come down. So More conspiracy theories. Well, My gosh, we got three phone calls. What is it, the 25th <laughs> Amendment? Where 25th, it, that's the fitness. The president could declare that he's unfit for a moment or two, swear in the vice president, get pardoned, and then take over again. How about that? Boy, you're just all rolling on all four today. <laughs> There's a reason these theories are called Lawrence's... Worthless wisdom. Worthless, okay. All right, we've got great callers uh, standing by. Dale, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, what's going on? I just want to uh, did my own research. I wanted to know what they were treating that vaping problem with a couple of years ago. And it looks like, if you look good into it, it's kind of like all the same symptoms of COVID. And they use Iranithoid for it. And it seems like it's being 
blackballed by all these private doctors around the country, all trying to push this iranithoid. It treated the vapor problem. It builds up water in your lungs. It stops the water. But that's how it goes. people from die from COVID. And uh, if you look at the similarities, it's shocking. I don't understand how, come, how people forgot about that. Remember the vaping thing, problem they were having? People were vaping and drowning in their own lungs? No. You don't remember the vaping thing a year and a half ago or two years ago when everybody was dying from vaping? You don't remember that? No, I don't oh, maybe, know. Maybe dying from vaping? Sorry. There were people yeah, who died from getting a bad batch vaping. of stuff that was imported yeah, from used, China. They treated, they used iranithoids for it, and it's the same thing they can treat COVID with, but it seems like our some of our doctors around the country are getting blackballed for trying to talk about it. <laughs> so but do your own research. Do your own All research right. and look up the symptoms. Oh, I got to tell you. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. Well, thanks for calling in. Paul, oh, you're, Paul you're on the mark. Hello. Good day. Good day. Uh, last last night I was listening to Doc uh, Washburn filling in for Mark Levin, and he played a very compelling testimony that was in the uh, Homeland Security uh, Committee in the United States Senate uh, led by Ron Johnson, and he had a doctor on that represents a group um, that has been working on repurposing. Oh, I was just going to say that is uh, that's the precede of uh, a dropped call. Sorry, call us right back. Yeah, Paul. Well, what happened there? That sounded it just went uh, well. Downhill. It was a drop call when okay. you know Verizon or AT and T decides it's not your day to talk on the phone. That puts Jim on the radio. Good morning, sir. Thanks for calling. Good morning, in. Mark and Joe, and I hope you have a good Christmas and get a raise for the new year. Oh, thank you, uh, thank you. <laughs> well, I, I do too. <laughs> Gentlemen, I can't eat eggs in no shape or form, and I can't take the egg-based flu shot. And since some of the people that are taking the new Pfizer uh, shots have an allergy to them, could, I was wondering if that lady could ever tell me if the new flu shot from Pfizer was cultured in an egg. You mean the, uh, the COVID shot? Yeah. Oh, she probably could. So, uh, yeah, we can put that question to her. Is the the new COVID nineteen vaccine egg based? As some was some is that the right way to word it? Uh, however, you would say, Mark. No, I can't eat no eggs from like a female. Chi- I can't eat the female chicken. I can't eat the female turkey because they're the egg producers. And if I take a flu shot, I have to take it cultured in a dog. Oh, huh. yikes. That's odd. Okay. Well, I don't know. I have no idea. I kind of doubt it. Uh, they keep talking about RNA and things like that to produce the vaccine and, and these uh, fakey spikes that hold on to the vaccine and don't let it reproduce, but uh, don't know about that. But oh, we'll check it out. We'll ask. Mark, Thank you so much. Yes, and sir. sometimes I have deer in my backyard. I live right near Our Lady of Lourdes <laughs> High School. Well, we've had deer in our backyard. I just don't have any near my tree stand, so, or at least oh. any bucks. I'm buck hunting, so. Hope you stay safe. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, that's the irony. I go out to rake leaves, and there's deer tracks in the backyard. <laughs> so I drive out in the middle well, of nowhere. Well, I told you one's been leaving deposits in my backyard. You're welcome to come shoot him. <laughs> uh, oh, if it is a him, I'll be more than or happy her. to do I, so. Given what they're doing in my yard, I wouldn't care which one it was. How tall is the tree? Would it support a tree stand? <laughs> Yo, I have 60 footers. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Holy smokes. That's a biggie. Yes, that'll, that'll support a tree house. Paul, you're on the mark. Oh, yeah. po- your phone. Let's, see. Let's see if this 
connection's any better. I got uh, cut off that there was some kind of static problem. Can you hear me all right? Now we can, yes. Yep. Yes. Good morning, man. Uh, I, like I was saying, I was listening to Doc Washburn filling in for Mark Levin last night, and he brought on testimony from Homeland Security uh, Committee, Ron Johnson, uh, Senator from uh, Washington, uh, excuse me, Wisconsin, I believe is the uh, chairman, and this gentleman was a doctor that represented a group that has been studying repurposing uh, existing medicines to help in COVID-19. And uh, they have a new paper they've put out, and uh, it, it analyzes like 30 studies done in uh, Argentina, different other uh, countries and stuff, and he was a very compelling testimony. I, you know, It's just amazing that, uh, like, I watched ABC News last night, and this, this wasn't on there, and ever since I've heard that, like, on your programs, um, the, um, you know, the CBS News and so forth, nobody's talking about this. A, a very compelling testimony, but he says there's a medicine that is presently used to deal with parasites that he believes is a prophylactic that would prevent uh, people getting COVID-19. And uh, this is a, large, or a considerable group of, uh, of uh, doctors that have worked on this, and they have a paper, and he was pleading that the NIH would once again consider this. They apparently did something about this clear back in August, but these doctors have done four months more study on that since that last consideration by the NIH, and uh, he's pleading, because he's out there all the time seeing people die uh, and so forth, that, that this would be a help with this problem. Did you men see anything about that report about that uh, committee it just happened i guess just just yesterday it was a very compelling testimony well if it has happened it hasn't received a lot of nationwide coverage on any of the networks i watch mark accuses me of only having fox funnels but i do watch other networks i haven't seen anything about it have you mark yeah but you hear the other networks through the fox funnels so you don't <laughs> hear what's really being presented no we haven't heard anything about that if you want to email us something if that's not too much trouble we can bone up on yeah, it we'll a look little into bit. it yeah, well, I, I I would think that uh, the the testimony would end up on uh, YouTube or something, um, uh, so forth. One other thing, while I'm talking to you, is uh, last week Ken Matthews from Harrisburg, he's a talk show host from Harrisburg. He filled in for Rush Limbaugh. I believe it was there were. Um, this is about the 2020 election, the general election. Um, uh, uh, that we know how many requests there were. Uh, to the state for mail-in ballots. And uh, then when the election came in, uh, you can tabulate how many mail-in ballots have been counted, that there were m thousands more mail-in ballots counted than what the state sent out. Uh, do you know anybody that has talked about this and has explained, have researched this or heard something about it? I, I, I've heard nothing else about it and so forth, and I'm just wondering... You know, it seems like even if you're a lawyer in a black robe, that common sense would tell you there's got to be a reason why, if the state didn't send out the ballots, how did we end up with more mail-in ballots when we did the count? How did this happen? 
Well, I haven't heard that exact number, and I'm sure if there was some validity to that, the president would have included that in the <laughs> lawsuits that he filed against the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. It's not part of the suit that's now pending, uh, brought by the attorneys general in about 14 states to try and overturn the balloting. That's not part of it. I mean, they talked about the fact that the deadlines was arbitrarily extended and that judges uh, over overruled the legislature in granting uh, changes to how votes were were counted and when they were counted. I heard one guy this morning make an excellent point. He said, if you showed up at the polls 30 minutes late, they wouldn't open the doors again and let you come in and vote. But then the court said you could vote for three days afterwards if you uh, if your mail if the mail got held up. So, you know, I, I think this is all going to be in the air until the courts make a final decision. And I suspect that'll happen sooner rather than later. Okay. Yep. Thank you, Paul. The, the thing that I think is going to have to happen in future elections, every a uh, place where they're counting the ballots and so forth is going to have to have constant uh, surveillance cameras going, and there's going to have to be a very careful thing about uh, when the ballots uh, are counted in the individual precincts and so forth, then they're boxed up and they're held someplace. All of them, there's got to be a much greater control of, uh, of security that they actually take pictures of the boxes and how they're marked and right. so forth, and all those records are kept so that we have um, um, a, be a better record to make sure that everything has been done right and fairly and legally. And All right. So well, we're, yeah, there's we're a... Have to, we're going to have to spend more money on surveillance and stuff in the future. Right. Fair yes. enough. Hey, Thank you so much comments. for calling Thank in. Thank you for calling. Yeah, the State House says they have a slew of legislation. All right, we're going to get a well, call in. Wait a second. Just let me tell, the, tell Jim this. I looked it up, and apparently, according to at least uh, one doctor, and this is from... Uh, uh, Josh, I lost it here, but it is not egg-based, according to this the doctor that All I right. saw. It was a report on an ABC network station that the uh, vaccines are not egg-based. All right, last caller before a quickie break. Uh, we have Mr. Billy on the gr on the line. Good morning, sir. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. I didn't even know my name was going to come up today, and I happened to tune in just five to ten minutes. Uh, ago and sure enough here it came but uh, <laughs> well you sent us an email weeks ago we didn't ignore it okay well i, I appreciate that uh, you know i i just i think it's interesting that we have that we have someone in charge of the hospital system in lewisburg that which by the way the system itself i think is doing a tremendous job for the community um but you know as I as I said on the, on the radio last week, they or maybe it was earlier this week. I don't remember now. But they uh, she she waded into politics, and that that wasn't. She sort of couched it this morning as if it was sort of just a reactionary thing, a one-time thing that maybe she shouldn't have done. She sort of was hedging a little bit on that. But the reality is that if you do a search for uh, Kendra Offer in the word demoralizing, you see uh, tens, dozens of, of uh, news articles that covered this, uh, including some national news outlets. So, uh, you know, this got great coverage, and the fact that I criticized her for it, now uh, she's saying I'm a bully and that I'm, that I'm engaging in personal attacks. Well, the only thing I've said about Ms. Offer is, are the facts. I take issue with the fact that, you know, she's working at Evan, and uh, 
probably doing a good job. I have no idea, but she's about the job she's doing. But what I do know, because it's public information, is that Evangelical Hospital is a nonprofit. They regularly fundraise for money, and yet she's making almost a million dollars being the administrator of the hospital, far more than previous people in her position have made. And look, we live in a capitalist society. If that's the salary she can draw, that's fine. But when they're laying off people at the beginning of this pandemic, and then she's coming out, you know, making proclamations and attacking our state rep, what the things he does or the things he says, I think she's putting the hospital at risk. I think she's putting the reputation of the hospital at risk by getting political. So I criticized her for that wasn't a personal attack it was an an attack based on her actions not on her her uh abilities or her something about her personally and i don't think that makes me a bully i think that just makes me a concerned citizen who's trying to hold people accountable for what they say but billy won't you admit that uh what dave chose to do uh was kind of like sticking his thumb in the eye of the governor i mean he intended it to be i won't say outrageous but he intended it to be provocative and it was provocative enough that kendra felt she had to make a comment about it so for every action there's an equal but opposite reaction why does that shock you well it it shocks me because I work in healthcare myself, and I, and if I had her position, I wouldn't wade into it. I mean, is it shocking to you that Jaywan Rue at Geisinger didn't wade in, or the fellows at UPMC didn't wade in? I mean, they they have hospital systems that folks in our in the 85th district uh, utilize services. Right, of, but but, but Dave represents Dave represents Union County, where Evan is located. And I would say that she had a direct uh, direct reason for weighing in on that because he is her state representative, both where she well, lives I, and where she where she I, works. As I mentioned, you know, when we spoke earlier about this, uh, I think we David has a specific role. He's our state representative. He's he's uh, been put in office to make sure that the laws are enforced, that the con- the state constitution and the U.S. Constitution is enforced protect our values to protect our rights and i think he's done a really good job at that he's been involved in a lot of different efforts and it's been pushing back on the governor and the governor just continues to rebuff the legislature so for him to post this is it a poke in the eye the governor sure it's a poke in the eye but it's well deserved uh, but that's a different issue than someone that's involved in health care you know deciding that that she wants to basically go on record uh, attacking the the state rep's actions when but you just admitted you just you just admitted his actions were intended to be a, a stick in the eye of the governor who in arguably has been doing his best to try to protect us uh, I say arguably because I know there's more than one side of that so I mean I just don't see that it almost seems like uh, as Shakespeare said much ado about nothing Dave did something provocative someone commented on his provocation uh, they disagreed with what he did and they spoke their mind just as he spoke his I think uh, the game's at equal equal ma- equal score right now right and she also spoke as a private citizen on a social media site she didn't say hey everybody I'm in charge of a hospital and here's the hospital hospital's reaction to what we're seeing. She just said, look, this is my name, this is who I am on Facebook, and this is what I think of that. 
Yeah, but all of what about all the news articles that actually interviewed her about the comments in which she doubled down? That wasn't just as a private citizen. She's being represented in every one of those articles in her role at Evangelical Hospital. So I, I think that's sort of a false dichotomy. Well, I think that that but may Dave be. But Dave was always identified as a state representative. That may be why how the media portrayed it, but that doesn't mean that's how she intended it, or even to this very day how she's reacting to it. She's never said to the news media or to us when we did a story the next day, okay, here is the hospital's reaction. Uh, she's only reacted to things that we've sent her, and uh, she replied. But uh, to the best of my knowledge, the hospital CEO per se, has has never had a public reaction, nor has the hospital itself. As for her salary, I think your beef would be with the board of directors of the hospital. They offered her a generous salary. You say it's just under a million dollars. We'll take you on your word. And that is, uh, if that's their prerogative, I mean, that is their prerogative to offer that much. Uh, like you said, it's a capitalist society, so she said yes. And I think by all, by all measures, other than the one you observe, uh, she's doing a great job. No, I, look, I'm not begrudging her the million bucks. What I'm saying, what my point that I'm making about that is we have uh, hundreds of families in Union County and in the area serviced by Evan that are hurting and suffering right now because of the egregious lockdowns, because of the things that have been done by this governor. David Rowe has stood up against that repeatedly, and so I, I think she's sort of living in... It, she's she's on a different level. She, that's what I'm pointing out. She's in a different sphere that's less affected financially uh, than the rest of us. Certainly, it's less affected than the 400 people who got laid off from Evan at the beginning of the pandemic. Maybe right. she took a pay cut. I don't know. Well, those are difficult <laughs> decisions. I wouldn't want to have to make that kind of decision. But as a manager over the years, I did have to make similar tough decisions, as I'm sure you do in your business. Billy, we're going to give you a chance to elaborate on all of this in, uh, let's see, 89 short hours you'll be in uh, Joe's chair, Catbird. So we appreciate uh, you calling in, and you'll get a great opportunity to elaborate on this, plus handle all the other good topics of the day. Sounds good. Looking forward to it, guys. Thanks for the Take time. care, Billy. Thank you so much. Yeah, I get a couple of days off, and but Billy already agreed to be co-host one in, of those days. In fairness, Kendra did not bring this up. You asked her a question, and she responded. Ooh, well, I put it on Facebook, and then she repl- She commented no, on I mean, her this own. Morning. Oh, this morning. Oh, today. Yes. Right, right. Yeah, she didn't bring it up again. I, I, I think Kendra's in the right, and I think Billy's observations are right. You know, it's people see this whole thing the the photograph, the pandemic, uh, the uh, what's happening in the hospital and Kendra's reaction through their own lenses. So what right. the, what they think are really important here, and of course Billy feels as though the hospital should steer clear of anything that relates to this, and I, I think he's on safe ground there. And at the same time, Kendra feels as though uh, when you see this uh, life or death situation, and then you see something that appears to uh, not deal with it as seriously as it is is, um, you find that disheartening. So I don't think anybody's wrong here. All right, we got to no, take I a agree quick with, break. I agree with you completely. I think in this case, both sides did what they felt based on the way they were approaching the situation. All right, we will be right back. This year, don't just cope with winter. Command it. It's the Command the Season sales event at Sunbury Motors Kia. This holiday 
holiday season, Sunbury Motors Kia has the deals on the new lineup of cars and SUVs built to help you take on winter during Kia's holiday sales event. Sunbury Motors Kia has the 2021 Kia Sportage with rebates and discounts up to $45.58 off. There's 29 in stock. There's 13 of the 2021 Kia Forte available. The Forte gets 41 MPG and starts at $18,497. Plus, SMC has the all-new redesigned 2021 Kia Serrano arriving weekly. 14 or do this month and next. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. It's the Command the Season sales event at Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 on the Strip in Hubble's Wharf. Restrictions apply. Financing through KMF. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. See dealer for details. All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. One call coming in, another one uh, ready to go. Harry, thank you for your patience. You are on the mark. Hey, good morning, guys. One of the questions I would have liked to have uh, uh, heard Ken Jarocker have to answer is, as an employer and a, and a, and a manager uh, in a place, when we have somebody call off right now, we have to do screening questions, okay? And, and one of the questions is, do you have a, a temperature of a certain degree? Do you have... Have you been in contact with anybody with COVID? And one of the other questions is, and this is my big part here, is do you have any symptoms? And the symptoms can be headache, fever, chills, or body aches. <laughs> and the problem with that is if if somebody has a headache, maybe they have a sinus infection, and all of a sudden, because we fill out, if we have put down yes for one of those symptoms, that now goes to... Um, HR and then to um, the health department and for them to come back to work they have to get a COVID test where this could just be a, a head cold or a, or a sinus infection it could be you know so again we come back to what is COVID and what is not COVID <laughs> well I think Harry wakes up with a couple of body aches on Monday every week so I think uh, <laughs> because of hard work around the house but anyway that's an aside yeah uh, they talked about that over the summer I, she didn't mention it today but they do the the employees are doing some kind of self-screening either before they come into work or maybe when they arrive uh, I forget how it worked but it was they sent us a news release about a change in this that they were doing it in the hospital and now in individuals, if I'm blending my stories correctly here, but they are doing screening before folks come to the hospital now who work there. And uh, I think it kind of understates it. I think a ton of the individuals who work there are working from home if they can. I know she is. I mean, she told us over the summer that she does work at home sometimes. I'm not sure she can do that every day. But they are doing screening. What I'm saying, though, Mark, for us is like the other day I had a, a girl who called in and said she couldn't come in and when i asked about the symptoms she had had a headache well i have to then fax that on to my district manager's office and then that goes to up the ladder and she can't come back to work until she's screened well heck it could have just been just been a headache you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's uh, because at that point now they're talking about quarantining for two weeks because you have a symptom and and that's i guess i'm looking for input how do we how do we know what is a serious symptom and what is just a a not feeling good symptom you know what right. i mean don't yep, you think absolutely. it's just an abundance of caution harry that if you have a symptom you you should should be checked to make sure that you are covid free i guess yeah but i mean if you if you have a headache two days in a row does that mean you have to get tested every day you know what i'm saying it's yeah just, mm-hmm. it, it, it it puts it puts employers in a tough spot too you know 
That's all I'm asking. Well, plus the um, fact that the test take... what is this? I guess what I'm saying is how do we know what is a serious condition and what is not? I mean, when you look at it now, you look at how many times people have taken antibiotics for things that they probably didn't need it for through the years, and now they're immune to so many things because... You know, they've just become over-medicated. It's, uh, I'm a little worried that we're getting to that point here where, we're, where you know, every little thing means you're, you're sick in a carrier when it just could just mean you have a, a one-day bug. Right. Right. Or, or nothing, really. You know, just or a, nothing, yeah. Right. All right. Yeah, good yeah, question, Harry. Yep. Thank you so much for checking Thanks, in. Thanks, Harry. All right, we're going to take a quickie break. When we come back, we got a caller standing by, 1-800-795-9565. We're talking about the pandemic and Evangelical Community Hospital's response. We had a good call from Billy Allred uh, responding to uh, some of the uh, remarks that he heard earlier. So if you'd like to elaborate on anything you've heard from the Kendra Auker call or today, uh, Joe's uh, schadenfreude, this idea of relishing in someone else's misfortune, is peaked today. Because uh, Facebook uh, got sued and you keep Hunter billboarding Biden this, and we don't get to discuss it. So, how do you know I have Schadenfreude? Uh, you do. <laughs> You've been gloating since yesterday afternoon. I wonder if I should be COVID tested now that I've got that. <laughs> Yeah, boy. Uh, yes, and I have. We have these long Q-tips that we use for cleaning <laughs> things around here, and I will administer that shortly. Splendid. This year, don't just cope with winter, command it. It's the Command the Season sales event at Sunbury Motors Kia. holiday season, Sunbury Motors Kia has the deals on the new lineup of cars and SUVs built to help you take on winter during Kia's holiday sales event. Sunbury Motors Kia has the 2021 Kia Sportage with rebates and discounts up to $45.58 off. And there's 29 in stock. There's 13 of the 2021 Kia Forte available. The Forte gets 41 MPG and starts at $18,497. Plus, SMC has the all-new redesigned 2021 Kia Serrano arriving weekly. 14 or do this month and next. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. It's the Command the Season sales event at Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Restrictions apply. Financing through KMF. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. See dealer for details or go to Kia.com. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565. Two lines occupado. One is open. Uh, Bobby D., you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Um, good good morning, everyone. I uh, want to point out about the uh, the ballots and like the mail-in ballots that um, you know I'm going to say through the election process. Of course, I got um, you know I had a request from Northumberland County, which I got uh, as a sample ballot. But then uh, I'm going to say a couple months before. Uh, the election, I was getting a, a request to send in for ballots to take responsibility to vote. Now, one of them was from the, um, I can say, Republican Party, and then another one, you know, was with the Biden campaign and all that. But I, I questioned those, so I didn't even pay attention to those. And of course, I took the responsibility to call it Northumberland County, so I could see how the confusion of mail-in ballots uh, came around uh, because of the. Um, I'm going to say mail that I received here. 
Well, I think that happened a lot of times. I know the uh, federal, you know, the U.S. Republican Party sent out ballots to people, uh, and they looked like ballots, or they looked like actual requests, but they weren't ballots. They were requests for ballots, so they wanted you to fill it out and send it to your courthouse, and then you would get a ballot. And their goal is to expedite this and to make sure that you, you know, vote Republican, if you would. So they create a lot of confusion. Those are the people that sent all the ballots to dead people. You know, again, the whole goal was to foment division and cast doubts on the outcome. And what what was it? They they did that. They cast doubts on the election. They slowed down the mail system and something else they did. But in any event... Oh, they, brother, what a left-wing pile of hooey oh, that okay. is. <laughs> you, don't, you still don't recognize that the postal system got messed up. Okay, well, that's fine, Joe. No, no one problem. has come back and said the postal system right. was false for any of this. Right. You, don't, you, you do not have to believe it for it to be true. Hooey. That's, that's, that's the trouble with the flat earth society is uh, nothing would change their beliefs. But in any event, Bobby, yeah, that's why you did that. A lot of people wanted you to vote for their side and, and that followed that. So thank you for the call. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Chris, you're on the mark. Thanks hey, for calling in Mark, today. Mark, you did pretty good there. What's the third leg? They did three things. Slowed down the post <laughs> office, mailed out ballots to dead people. And, and then they, <laughs> they did something else, and I forget what it was. Well, there was a lot of different confusions trying to be called in court cases at the last minute just to cause confusion. Okay. But uh, I don't know which was the third one you're talking about. Okay, well, anyway. Offhand, off Everything comes in threes. Head. Oh, yeah, they but had President Trump. as far as the previous phone call about the mail-in ballots, that all came from a tweet by Doug Mastriano, I think his name is. I think he's a senator from York or something. United States Senator Happy and, has COVID. And what he, about the election, the, the extra ballots in Pennsylvania, the extra mail-in ballots that... What the, his numbers are all messed up. Uh, the he's either using just the Democratic ballots that were mailed out and comparing it to the total ballots, or he's using the primary election numbers for one and the general election numbers for the other. They're such a gobbledygook of mixed numbers from what the official numbers are that you can't really tell what he what he's doing there. It feels like it has to be an intentional uh, uh, misinformation tweet by him. And that, it was in Trump's list of things that he was pre- pushing and presenting around. I got you. In the, in the legal cases, actually. But uh, the numbers, if, when you look at the numbers, they're all, they're all uh, in the 50 to hundreds of thousands uh, uh, less mail ballots returned than than were mailed out. Okay. All right. What else? And, Thank oh, you. Well, says you. Port, 14, uh, 17, 17 uh, Republican governors have joined that Texas lawsuit. And I emailed you yesterday that the, it was the Attorney General who was filing the suit and who was a mugshot was, not the governor. His name's Patel. Mm-hmm. And and 17 states uh, AGs have signed on to that suit, and it's it, at this point. I mean, that's just ridiculous. The and I think I think only two representatives in the United States Congress have called uh, have actually said out loud that Biden won the election. <laughs> 
at this point. And we already passed Safe Harbor Day, as I mentioned yesterday. The electors have been chosen and certified now. And it's still no, uh, it, it's, it's the, the control he has over the Republicans is just amazing. I mean, Joe says Biden won the election, but his party, in terms of its leadership, has not. But they're entitled and to their day in court, Chris. To overturn it. They're entitled to their day in court. I mean, I, I think it's a waste of well, time. Yeah, but it's, look at the lawsuit. It's nonsense. It's well, nonsense, and it's too late, and it's certified. Now, I think, though, if the court throws it out, I think it will be because it was, wasn't filed in a timely fashion, and they've lost a couple that way. They should have made these charges earlier. Of those suits they filed, they've withdrawn 27 themselves because they're such nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> I still. mean, it's a joke, and to, to say, oh, they deserve their day in court, yeah, they deserve to be foolish in court, I guess. Uh, they have the right to be, but uh, to support it or say it's a, a general thing as opposed to just trying to sabotage Americans' faith in its own election, that does no harm to the country. But some people don't have any faith in it. Yeah, exactly. So, And then stoke that. Wonderful. Oh, aren't they responsible? But should you stick personal your, responsibility? But should you and stick your head in the sand? Chris, should you stick your head in the sand? Chris, should you stick your hand in the sand? Personal responsibility to be free. Chris, should you stick your head in the sand? I guess he's not going to answer me or won't listen to me. Chris, if, oh, should you. Okay, go ahead. I'm, I'm just asking, subject. should you stick your head in the sand and ignore what you think is a problem? If you think it's a problem and you bring the suit, fine. If the court throws a suit out, that's fine, too. But at least you have a right to challenge something. I think it doesn't decrease your faith in the election. I think it increases it because it doesn't stand up to a challenge. It, it, they get more ridiculous each time. This to you, to you. The have already been certified, Joe. To you, they get more ridiculous. But if the Supreme Court decides there was fraud involved, they can throw out the electors' oh, decisions. Yeah. You want to you, uh, you make a bet on that? I bet they won't do it. I bet they won't even touch it. Right, exactly. But that doesn't and, mean and they Trump don't have a right to file it. Trump knows he's lost the election, and so do the Republicans. And they're instead doing the smokescreen of phony statistics false stories all over about it but don't you think they're they're, uh, they're promoting it but Chris don't you think but, that don't you think can I change topic well yes, just, just no. let me finish okay, this don't you ahead. don't you think that if they lose all these you know the people will have more faith in it they say well there was nothing there hey, you know I think they're harming I think that I think I know you're not going to let me now. finish my thought you, you I know you're not going to let me finish my thought but it would seem to me that the Republicans are doing themselves more harm than good if they keep filing lawsuits that they can't prove they're destroying their own credibility with the public well of course they're destroying their credibility with anybody who's thinking <laughs> and apparently you are but uh, the, just by being more ridiculous I mean, you get, you get the phone calls. You hear the phone calls on here. People believe it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's their right. It's a free country. Uh, right. And, and as I was trying to switch topics about COVID, personal responsibility they talk about. Well, you know, there's, uh, there's uh, personal responsibility, I think, inclu- includes community responsibility. 
and the way you're acting. Look at what Australia has done on COVID. They're down. They're 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 open. They're open. At one time, they had the same infection rate we did. What they but they're do? They're open now. What they do? Well, they just closed it down uh, longer and got the numbers down, and were more cooperative with uh, wearing masks and stuff. Gotcha. That's all. And, I mean, it's just ridiculous that this country is so bad off now, and it's it, it, the country's going to be bad as Trump well described it in his inaugural speech by the time he's out of office. Well, but the unconventional wisdom is that masks don't work, so that's why we have this outbreak, because they don't help anyway. So. Yes, and who promoted that? Oh, <laughs> the orange man in chief. And who believed them? Everybody. <laughs> Everybody with an R next to their name, or at least uh, the basic uh, 80% of them. Well, I think the, the people who are Republicans that won't admit that the election is over are, are ones that are afraid of the retaliation. You know, Trump yeah, probably they're, they're, they live in fear of Trump. Oh, boy, right. they're, they're really stand-up people. I want representing me. Well, and it's funny, Pat Toomey speaks, uh, you know, s- congratulated uh, the uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, and he got roundly criticized for Oh, yeah. He's for, become, for, uh, he, uh, he always, he was never quite a... Tr- uh, a Trumper, but he no. uh, he played along quite a bit and voted for a lot of the really bad people Trump put in. But as when he decided not to run, he got a lot braver. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Chris. Thanks for calling yep. in. Appreciate Bye. the call. All right. Uh, let's see. We got emails and texts of plenty to pend, and but we'd love some calls now. So, uh, pend our show before we wrap up here today with a call sent to one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. You want to comment on our good interview with Kendra Auker or Billy Allred's remarks or anybody else who called in today and uh, the election and the Republicans who still won't admit that uh, Joe Biden won the election, which is, uh, it's really more sadder than anything. Really. More sadder? More, That's well, a I double. Know I switched. <laughs> I, it was, I, mo, nope, scratch that. That's not right. It's sadder. Or it's... It's the most sad More thing. sad. It's, it's tragic. Really. I mean, it really, it, it's too bad that uh, uh, Trump has that hold over them. Well, it, it's like the suspension of disbelief that they've had all along. Remember, Trump had a hard time kind of getting oriented, and everybody said, okay, well, he's crazy, but let's let's follow Permit him anyway. Let me a question. If the roles were reversed, do you think the Democrats would be supporting Joe Biden if he were calling for recounts? Come on, they would. They absolutely would, just okay. as the Republicans are supporting Trump. Whether they're right or wrong, you have some loyalty to your party in this country. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, I'll leave up to your judgment. I don't see any harm in it. You know, if they're willing to spend the money and take this stuff to court and lose and wind up with egg in their face, how does that harm you? This is how lemmings get hurt. All right. <laughs> 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. I want to tell you about the Sunbury Motor Company because they have Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, and tons of pre-owned vehicles that are in perfect condition. Uh, they also are premier service provider for all makes of cars and trucks. So whether you're driving an old Fiat, and of course that's prone to breakdown, well guess what? You can go to the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury and they'll fix you up. Maybe you got a great big Studebaker pickup truck that's still in perfect condition. They can work on that at the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury. Maybe you got a tractor trailer, one of them big Sterling trucks. Or can they take care of my Hupmobile? 
A hub? Yeah, I bet they could. could. Well, absolutely. <laughs> Might be a little hard finding parts for it, but I'll tell you what. If you have one of the original REOs, they would just love to take good care of you. At the Sunbury Motor Company, because they have the master towing service, decades of damage-free experience. They work cooperatively with your good insurance company, making sure that you don't have to pay a dime for your towing, if that's appropriate. And uh, they take good care of your vehicle. they got loaners and specials and rentals. And uh, it's if you got a busted vehicle or it's just old or needs service, you need an oil change, or you're going to drop it off, you need a ride back, uh, they can arrange it. The Sunbury Motor Company, super serving their customers literally for the uh, over a century. So please check them out. You know, when they started up the company, they started up that uh, sunburymotors.com website right off the bat and made sure that everybody, even when it was still horse and buggy, could go to sunburymotors.com and get super service. This year, don't just cope with winter. Command it. It's the Command the Season sales event at Sunbury Motors Kia. holiday season, Sunbury Motors Kia has the deals on the new lineup of cars and SUVs built to help you take on winter during Kia's holiday sales event. Sunbury Motors Kia has the 2021 Kia Sportage with rebates and discounts up to $45.58 off. There's $29 in stock. There's $13 of the 2021 Kia Forte available. The Forte gets 41 MPG and starts at $18,497. Plus, SMC has the all-new redesigned 2021 Kia Serrano arriving weekly. $14 or do this month and next. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. It's the Command the Season sales event at Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 on the Strip in Hubble's Wharf. Restrictions apply. Financing through KMF. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. See dealer for details or go to Kia.com. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. Uh, right, uh, right in the middle of the screen, Joe, please. Right. Uh, to Billy, Kendra Ocker is operating in a different sphere than almost anyone commenting on COVID, including Representative Rowe. She is surrounded daily with ill patients, medical staff, docs and nurses, residual staff that have been worn down and out since March with what seems a pandemic with no end in sight. Would she be defensive to something deemed insensitive? I can't blame her. Signed, Dick. All right, Carl, you're on the mark. Keep the Kendra Auker theme going. Yeah, good morning. I just wanted to chime in real quick. Uh, That was the first that I heard uh, that this Miss Kendra Auker is making a million dollars a year. It's less than that. It's about $900,000 in salary and compensation. Okay, well, $900,000. Uh, at nine hundred thousand dollars, that uh, doing it real quick in my head. That's right around what eighteen thousand dollars a week. I don't it, know. From it's a, about from uh, a commu- less from than one half of one percent of their revenue. I know that. Yeah, but from a community hospital in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, when what the average salary in our county is probably what thirty thousand dollars a year. Uh, I just think. Uh, it's kind of disgusting that they're always advertising for donations to a hospital, a uh, nonprofit hospital, and we're paying almost $900,000, $18,000 a week. Who out there is making $18,000 a week in this county? <laughs> I think somebody has to be do a little bit of reevaluation there. And I'm, I'm a capitalist. I'm for making what you can make, but not when you're working for a nonprofit small town hospital, $900,000, $18,000 a week. It may be small town, but it's not a small hospital. They own a lot of medical practices. She has far more responsibility than the average bear around here, and I think she exercises a great deal of uh, common sense in doing it. But even in your yeah, view, is not, that on not, the high side? 
not $900,000 a year. Come on. All right, to be continued. We will continue this conversation, Carl. Thank you so much for calling in. We'll have open phones uh, tomorrow with Ben Reichley. This is WKOK Sunbury.